Slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman. Blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I hope everybody had a very good weekend. The Islanders certainly had an interesting one, and we will talk about that and a whole lot more. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. All right, so the NHL on Friday held its draft lottery, and, well, the Islanders are still technically right now in the running for the first overall pick in this year's draft. We will discuss that a little bit later on in the show. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and in our Back to the Future feature, we look at the 2019 Islanders' first-round draft choice and tell you how he's doing and what his future will be like with the New York Islanders. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. All right, so the draft lottery was Friday, and the Islanders still have a shot at the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. A placeholder team won the lottery. That means that the first overall pick will belong to one of the eight teams that loses the play-in round of the playoffs when they get underway at the end of July. So, we're talking about the teams that lose that best-of-five preliminary round uh, playoff play-in that will get things started. So, here's the situation. Eight teams are going to lose that round. And one of those eight teams is then going to be picked at a second NHL draft lottery. We don't know the exact date yet, although it is supposed to take place sometime after the play-in round and before the following round, or the first round, traditionally, of the playoffs. Now, we still don't have a schedule for that yet, so it is all very much up in the air, but here's the deal. If the Islanders lose to the Florida Panthers in that best-of-five play-in series, they would then have a 1-in-8 chance, or a 12.5% chance, 
of getting the first overall pick in the draft. And undisputedly, that player is Alexis Lafreniere of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And I'll tell you something. Adding Lafreniere to the lineup would be a huge, huge boost for the New York Islanders. Why? First of all, we've talked so much about, throughout this season, about how much the Islanders need more goal scoring and more offense. And if you can team Lafreniere and Matthew Barzal, you are going to either have one very, very strong line, or if you split them up, you make things difficult for opposing coaches who have to try to figure out who they want to check first, and you'd have some really good offensive playmakers on each of your first two lines. Lafreniere is a good player in his own zone, which is not always the case for a lot of these high-ranked, first-overall explosive offensive players. So there's very little concern that he would be unable to play Barry Trotz's system. And, and this is the other big factor, adding Lafreniere would give the Islanders that big potential goal scorer. And because Matthew Barzal is still so young, the two of them could be on the same team for a long period of time. But you get Lafreniere on an entry-level contract And even though it may take him a year or two to reach his full playing potential, you're talking about a situation where the Islanders would be able to add that dynamic offensive player they need without at least initially breaking the bank and going well over the salary cap. It would reduce the need to shed some contracts, trade some worthwhile, useful players away just to try to save money, or possibly like burying a player in the minors, which they don't want to do. Can you hear me, Andrew Ladd? Uh, So this really would be a great solution. And I I guess you have to look at it this way. You don't want to root for your team to lose. You certainly want to beat the Florida Panthers, get into the regular 16-team playoffs, and take your shot. But I would not consider the Islanders a favorite in this year's playoffs. I think they're a team that's capable of making a long run, but out of the 24 teams that are in there, you probably have to rank them somewhere in the middle at best as far as their potential to win a Stanley Cup. What are they, the 12th best team? 13th best team? 10th best team at best? When you look at it, now they play a defensive style that is conducive to playoff success, but their offense is certainly a question mark. And for the New York Islanders, in the long run, it is probably better off that they get that first pick. Now, you can't root for that as an Islanders fan, And, you know, I would say this, if you have a 12.5% chance 
of getting that first round pick. If you lose the first round, I would say the odds are better of getting that pick than they are that the Islanders would go all the way and win the Stanley Cup. And getting a player like Lafreniere might make the Islanders legitimate Stanley Cup contenders in a couple of years. So mixed feelings, but the suspense continues and the Islanders are still alive for that first overall pick. Don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. And if your health matters to you, try a Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors, eight of them chocolate covered with nuts, eight of them are nut free, all 16 flavors covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Let's look at one of my favorite flavors, the peanut butter brownie. 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and just 3 grams of net carbs. And right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's $10 off your first order with the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the other thing we are expecting any time now is the decision on the hub cities. Again, a couple of weeks ago, the New York Post and a number of other outlets said Vegas was in as one hub city. We're still waiting on the official announcement of that and of the second hub city, but NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said that every relevant detail will be considered before making a final decision, and obviously the COVID-19 numbers in the United States are a factor in that. They are on the rise in more than 30 states right now, and look, there are five candidates right now still out there in the hunt to be a hub city officially. Vegas is one of them, and we will see what happens, but Obviously, the ongoing upswing through most of the United States of COVID-19 will make the league have to think about exactly what they want to do with regard to the hub cities. And hopefully, you know, the pandemic does not get in the way of the NHL being able to hold the playoffs this year, and it really is definitely becoming more and more of a concern. I mean, we have seen a number of NHL players who are practicing have, you know, test positive down in Tampa, for example, in Arizona uh, for COVID-19. We have seen a number of college football players, basketball players, baseball players, hopefully, Hopefully, the NHL finds a safe way to hold the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. 
happy 49th birthday to former Islanders center Mike Sillinger. Sillinger joined the Islanders as a free agent in 2006-2007, stayed with the team for two full seasons and part of a third, and then retired in 2008-2009, did play his 1,000th NHL game in an Islanders uniform during the 2007-2008 season. Sillinger, his best season with the Islanders, 2006-2007, 26 goals and 59 points. That was a playoff year for the Islanders. He added a goal and an assist in two, uh, in five rather, postseason games. Sillinger finished his NHL career with 240 goals, 548 points in 1,049 NHL games. And here is a guy who played for a lot of teams over the course of his career. Broke in with the Detroit Red Wings, also played for the Ducks, the Canucks, the Flyers, the Lightning, the Panthers, the Senators, the Blue Jackets, the Coyotes, the Blues, the Predators, and finally the Islanders. Here is a guy who wore the jersey of almost half of the league's teams who were in existence during his career. We're going to go take a look back at one of his best games as an Islander. It took place at the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh between the Islanders and the Panthers. Rick DiPietro in goal for the Islanders. Mark andre Fleury was the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Islanders getting on the board first with Chris Thorburn in the box for interference. Miro Chatan scores his sixth goal of the year. Tom Pody and Radek Martinek with the helpers. And the Islanders had the early 1-0 lead, 3 minutes and 38 seconds into the game. Unfortunately for the Islanders, they got into some penalty trouble. Both Bruno Gervais and Andy Hilbert took penalties at the 7-minute mark. Niels Ekman of Pittsburgh also in the box, but that gave Pittsburgh a penalty. And Colby Armstrong cashed in for the Pens. He got his third from Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby at 7.52 tie hockey game. Then Tom Pody of the Islanders headed off for hooking at 11.07, and Eric Christensen scored. All three goals in the first period were power play goals for Christensen, his second, Ryan Whitney, and the goalie Marc-Andre Fleury with the assist at 12.02. After 20 minutes of hockey, the Islanders trailed 2-1, but they fixed that up in the second period, two minutes, 57 seconds in, Victor Kozlov ties the hockey game. His sixth, Andy Hilbert and Radek Martinek with the assists at 2.57. Islanders 2, Penguins 2. Then, the Islanders get a power play as Mark Recchi heads off for roughing. Mike Sillinger scores with the extra attacker. His sixth goal of the year, Tom Pody and Victor Kozlov with the assists at 10.04. At the end of two periods, it was 3-2 in favor of the Islanders. Victor Kozlov scored midway through the third period, his second of the game, seventh of the season. Andy Hilbert with the assist, and the Islanders' lead was 4-2, but the Penguins came back. Mark Recchi, his seventh from Ryan Whitney and Sidney Crosby at 15-08, made it a one-goal game, but Mike Sillinger said, nope, not getting any closer, and he got the 
clincher at 17-25 in the third period. Jason Blake and Richard Park with the assist, the seventh of the year for Sillinger. Islanders skate away with a 5-3 win in Pittsburgh. Rick DiPietro with a solid performance, 34 saves in this one to earn the victory. A lot of multiple point games. Obviously, Sillinger had two goals. Victor Kozlov, two goals and an assist. Andy Hilbert, two assists. Tom Pody also with two assists for the Islanders. Brendan Witt was the plus-minus leader with a plus-two. And as for shots on goal, Mike Sillinger and Miro Shatan each had five. Andy Hilbert next on the list with four. Islanders with a big road victory, 5-3, to three, over the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was a good game for the birthday boy, Mike Sillinger, 49 years old today. And if you want to take great care of your car, you owe it to yourself to check out rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everyone, and it does not require membership or account logon. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your car or truck. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks and it's delivered directly to your door, which is a big help during this difficult time. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, time for our back to the future feature. And today we look at last year's number one draft pick, Simon Holmstrom, who spent the year with the Bridgeport Bridgeport Sound Tigers, he was the 23rd overall pick in last year's NHL entry draft, and the Islanders happy to grab the young Swede. He is now 19 years old, just turned 19 on May 24th, played 46 games this year with Bridgeport, eight goals, seven assists, 15 points, a minus 15, plus minus. And look, nobody expected Holmstrom to come in and be a star right away. He's listed at 6'1", 183 pounds. That is, again, typical for 18-year-olds. They need to grow in to their body and basically, you know, mature physically in order to be uh, more effective. Now, Holmstrom, you look at the scouting report, he's a very good skater, not the fastest guy on the ice, good acceleration, and good but not outstanding speed, so he can quickly pick up speed, and that is a very uh, good thing, because he can get that quick step on defenders and has been able in Sweden and at times in the minors to fight 
through checks. He has very, very good hands, keeps the puck well, creates space for teammates, and sort of sees the angles, has what they call good vision on the ice. And that is a very important thing. Can make a pass both forehand and backhand. Likes to cycle and control the puck. And is, very importantly for the Islanders, a good positional player. He will use his body and his stick to get in the passing lanes, break up passes. He goes back into his own zone, gets himself between the, the, the man who he's covering and the goal, and is good at angling opposing players to the outside. The drawback, however, is that he is not overly physical. He's an effective penalty killer, or at least, again, has been in junior, but is not an overly physical player. That may change over time, as he gets a little bit stronger and grows into his body, as they say. He has had some injury issues. Had hip surgery a couple of years ago, had a broken thumb last year, uh, and a concussion later on in the year. That's probably why he fell to the 23rd pick for the Islanders. Most scouts did project Holmstrom, to be a top six winger once he reaches his potential. And, you know, like a lot of European players, and this is again a stereotype, but the typical European player is more eager to pass than to shoot. That is the way that they sort of are trained to play, or at least used to be. And that is something Holmstrom, Holmstrom needs to work on a little bit. Uh, a lot of people compared him to Alex Tangay when discussing what his style of play is. Again, whether or not he'll ever reach the level of play that Tangay did remains to be seen, but that is basically what uh, a lot of scouts compared him to. So we shall see what Simon Holmstrom becomes. He's probably at least another two years away from being able to join the Islanders. I think he'll join them the year they head to the Belmont Park Arena 2021-2022. And the best part about last year, he was able to play in the AHL against professionals in North America, adjust to the smaller rink size, adjust to the different angles on the ice, adjust to the style of play here, acclimate himself to life in North America, and hopefully he now becomes better statistically, more consistent on the ice in year two. So we'll keep an eye on him, but he is one of those prospects that the Islanders are hoping will be a contributor to their success. Right wing, Simon Holmstrom, our Back to the Future uh, focus today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. That's going to do it for today's issue of Locked On Islanders. Now, please have your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great day, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with more great Islanders news and information. 
Have a safe day, a good day. Remember, every day gets us one day closer to the resumption of the hockey season. And of course, let's go Islanders.